Welcome to Earth Matters, environmental justice stories from Australia and around the world, usually produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri country, but today's episode is produced from home on Bunurong country, and it's broadcast across these stolen lands via the Community Radio Network. I'm Megan Williams. Well, we don't put a price on our culture and there's a slap in the face from all the people Aboriginal sacred sites and their destruction by mining companies has been in the spotlight after Rio Tinto blew up a 46,000-year-old rock shelter in WA. Extractive industries threaten Indigenous heritage across this continent, and on Gomorrah country in northwest New South Wales, the Shenhua Watermark coal mine was approved despite the acknowledgement from Environment Minister Susan Lee that it will destroy cultural sites with a measurable value. Today we hear from Dolly Talbot, a Gomorrah woman from Gunnedah, New South Wales, who's taking the Federal Environment Minister to court over the decision to approve the mine on the basis that the potential economic and social benefits outweighed the heritage value. And later, we'll hear from Rana Koroglu from the New South Wales Environmental Defender's Office about the legal proceedings challenging this decision and how it's an important constitutional test case. Here's Dolly, starting with why the sites are so significant. The ATSHIP application, which she talks about, is the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Heritage Protection Act, under which the Gomorrah are seeking protection of these sites. There's a number of cultural sites out there that are part of the um, ATSHIP application, um, you know, we have mortuary trails, um, burials of our own ancestors um, uh, out there. There's a massive grinding groove site, over 100 um, grinding grooves in just one little site. And so there's a number of areas where these grinding grooves are. There's, you know, lots and lots of stone tools and scar trees and, you know, lots and lots of things that are very important to Gomorrah people. For people hearing this for the first time, can you describe what some of the sites look like and what they mean to the Gomorrah people? It's hard to just describe, obviously, the burials and things like that. And as far as the, the grinding grooves, I, I can't say a lot about those things because they're actually men's site. And, um, you know, I, I really shouldn't talk too much about them. But I will say that, you know, they are part of the, the history of the Gomorrah people and the stories of our ancestors you know, our, our warriors used to sit up on, if you can imagine, a huge hill and there's these grinding grooves up there and you could sit out on like a little outcrop and look out right over the valley um, in every direction. You can see who's coming in and, and leaving, you know, when the Europeans invaded our country. Our warriors were sitting up there preparing for battle and, you know, where they made their spears and, and axe heads and, um, you know, where they carried out ceremonies and, and in preparation for war, it's the boys have said in the past, it's part of our our war memorial, if we can sort of put it like that. So, um, you know, non-Aboriginal people can get a bit more of an idea of it. Um, it's part of our song line and our connection to each other. You know, our country is linked to other, other mobs country and our, our stories and so forth, they all link up to other mobs. It's a legacy of, of our ancestors and us and, and hopefully it'll be there for our children and their children. 
Now, this legal process to protect these sites has been ongoing for quite a while. Can you give us a summary of the lengths you've gone to protect them up until now? Well, we actually first put our application in 2015. Um, There's been two applications um, actually put in and uh, the minister has been out on country and had a look at the sites. The first minister that was there was Greg Hunt. When he was minister for the environment, he knocked us back. And then we've had a change with now Susan Lay. And she's also said that even though these sites are of immeasurable value to uh, our people, the monetary value is more important than our cultural heritage, you know, our sites. So the value that the community around this mining company will get out of it, the monetary value outweighs our cultural value, which to us is a bit of a slap in the face of Gomorrah people. We don't put a price on our culture. And we would think that um, as Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander Heritage Protection Act would be just that, to protect Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture and heritage. Like these sites should not only be important to Aboriginal people, but they also, I believe, should be important to all Australians because whilst they might be put there by our people, they're also part of Australia's heritage, part of Australian um, history. So I just think that they're not valued enough by um, Australia as a whole. And has Shenhua been involved in the conversation at all? We've had conversations with Shenhua and, you know, we've written to um, their CEOs and all the rest, but we're not even... They won't even allow us to go out on site um, on our own country and go and um, take our kids out to these sites or, or, or anything like that. We're not allowed to go to our own sacred sites uh, without their approval and they won't give their approval. We write, wrote to them on many occasions and asked for that and we get refused every time. Um, we've also let them know, um, the archaeologists, when we've put in our application to the minister. Now we've had um, sacred information in there that nobody really is normally privy to outside our own people. Um, You know, our own men for their men's business and the women for the women's and that sort of thing, you know. But we've shared some of that information um, to the archies at the archeologists with um, Shenhua in the hope that they would get some understanding of the importance of these sites and what they mean to us as a people. Um, And still, you know, there's no acknowledgement. And did Shenhua have a procedure for handling cultural heritage? When they were given permission to remove these grinding grooves because they've been given permission to remove them, their idea is to cut them up and move them and put them back in 30 years' time when the mine is all, you know, rehabilitated and all the rest of it which there's not going to be much rehabilitated because they're leaving a great big void in the ground anyway. Um, So the idea is that they're going to put them back. But the condition is that when they remove these grinding grooves that they're removed intact. Now, how the hell they think they're going to remove them intact is beyond me because um, I've spoken to many people and, um, you know, by speaking to people and from my own knowledge, none of these grinding grooves that have ever been moved in the past have remained intact. You know, even if they do when they move them, they don't remain intact. So they just crumble and fall apart, you know. So they're going to be, there's going to be nothing in 30 years to move back anyway. 
And when you move them, it takes away the integrity of the site anyway, because all these sites are important in situ and they and how they all relate to each other. So removing them from where they are um, disturbs that storyline, you know, um, our song line is, is broken. So removing them from where they are isn't an option for our people. And what would it mean to the Gomorrah people to have these sites protected? Oh, it would mean everything to have them protected. But I think, you know, it's, this isn't the decision that's going to be made about this. It's not only important to the Gomorrah people, but it's important to um, mobs all over Australia because what it is, will mean is that this Act can be challenged and won and that this Act needs to change so that it is based solely on um, Aboriginal heritage because, you know, we've met all the criteria and still we get um, the Minister not finding in our favour. There's very few um, of these applications that actually get through and are granted protection. So, you know, people put these in um, and hope that the Minister will see sense and um, protect what we believe is sacred to um, all our mobs, wherever they may be, who put these in, because they're not an easy thing to do. They're, they're quite a lot of work to get together and, and put them in. Um, so we would think that we were given a fair deal. And, and let's not forget either that this is also one of the major food, food bowls in Australia. The land out there is just you know, beautiful country and it's been farmed, you know, since day dot, since Europeans first came out here, they've been farming it. And, and um, there's a lot of jobs out there already created by this farming. And, and not only that, we're not talking about an area where they're just going to bring in a mine because there's no um, jobs. There's already a saturation of mines out in this Gunnedar area. So, if anybody wanted a job, there's plenty of jobs already here without worrying about opening up another mine. You know, the, the, the government needs to stop thinking about money all the time and start putting, you know, start putting a bit of a uh, price on the culture and the heritage of Australian Aboriginal people. And recently there's been a sharp focus on deaths in custody and a lot of coverage in mainstream media about the destruction of sacred sites. Do you think the conversation is changing? Well, I would like to hope that it's not just in the minute. You know, um, I'd like to hope that people aren't just going to uh, fade into the to, to the background and then you know forget about it in a you know a few weeks' time or whatever. I'd like to think that there really could be some change. Uh, for Aboriginal people, there hasn't been a lot of change, you know, from the time Europeans come in as far as the way that we're treated. So all you can do is hope that, you know, at some stage that all turns around for us. Everywhere we walk upon in this world... That was Gomorrah woman Dolly Talbot speaking about her efforts to protect sacred sites on her country. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Next up, we have Rana Koroglu, the special counsel representing Dolly Talbot and the Gomorrah people in the federal court. They're challenging the Federal Environment Minister Susan Lee's decision to approve the Shenhua Watermark coal mine, despite the knowledge 
that it will likely desecrate sacred sites of immeasurable cultural value to the Gomorrah people. So the Environmental Defenders Office is representing Dolly in the federal court. Can you talk to the minister's decision to approve the coal mine and why it was open to legal challenge? So what the minister did was when she was considering whether or not to grant protection to this site, she formed the view that if protection was granted, then the coal mine would not be able to go ahead. Um, It wouldn't be economically viable to mine the areas outside of the areas that protection was sought for. And so the mine could not go ahead. And so the minister considered evidence, uh, mostly um, evidence from the coal mine itself, about how they said the um, the local community would suffer economic and social um, disadvantages uh, if the coal mine doesn't go ahead. So there wouldn't be, you know, local jobs, there wouldn't be local money flowing into the local community. Uh, and it's this consideration which we say was um, it was unlawful for her to balance that against the immeasurable cultural heritage values of the site. What's the process for demonstrating that that decision was unlawful? So um, so it all comes down to the legislation because that is what gives the minister the, uh, the power and what we say in addition to that, the um, duties to exercise that power uh, correctly. So the legislation says that the minister um, needs to uh, be satisfied that the areas are significant Aboriginal areas and that they are under threat of injury or desecration. So the minister found those two things. The minister said, yes, these are significant Aboriginal areas. Uh, The minister actually said that they have um, an immeasurable cultural value and connection to the country for the applicants and the Gomorrah people as a whole. The minister also found that there was... um, that the sites were under threat of injury or desecration, uh, you know, from the destruction of the grinding grooves, the destruction of the um, sacred trees, um, not to mention, obviously, the, the, the visual impacts um, on the cultural heritage in, I suppose, the, the landscape of um, the, the cultural heritage in the landscape itself. Uh, so... Um, what the minister then did was she weighed up this immeasurable cultural significance against the economic and social impacts on the local community if the mine was to not go ahead. And we say that that was an unlawful consideration, that the legislation and in fact the constitution does not allow the minister to on one hand find that the areas are of a measurable cultural significance to the traditional owners and on the other hand say well the social and economic 
impacts on the local community from not having a local mine in their area, uh, that that is um, uh, something that can be um, weighed against each other. And, and, and we say that's just simply not, not possible to do. It's, it, it's not open for her to do that sort of balancing exercise. And why is that? So the reason why we say that the social and economic impacts on the local community were an irrelevant consideration is that this law, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Heritage Protection Act, that this law was made pursuant to the racist power under the constitution and that that racist power requires there to be a, um, a difference between the general public on one hand and the people of an identified race um, that that you know enlivens that um, power of the constitution. In, in summary, we say that um, uh, the minister was not, that the minister's very wide consideration of economic impacts on the local community um, does not actually maintain that difference between how the law operates in respect of the racist power. You're not able to take general impacts on the local community into account. And so you've had your day in court. Where do things go to from here? We're expecting to receive judgment within the next few months, depending on what happens in, in that judgment. Uh, if, if the minister was found to have acted unlawfully, the decision will go back to the minister for redetermination. And uh, if we're successful, we uh, hope that that redetermination will not allow the minister to pitch uh, the Gomorrah traditional custodians immeasurable cultural heritage of this site against the perceived economic impacts of the the impacts if, if on the local community if the mine was not to go ahead. And so if your case is successful, it'll just go back through the planning process and they'll have to work out how to build the mine and protect the cultural heritage. Well, so if we are successful, this gives the minister another opportunity to make the decision according to law and to what we say should be that she should find that this site is um, uh, does require protection and to actually give it that protection and the protective force of a declaration under the legislation. So, uh, so yes, she will need to um, she will need to make a new decision, uh, and you know we also hope that this allows. Um, the traditional custodians to uh, maybe counteract some of the evidence put on by the coal mine that this will have negative impacts on the local community if it doesn't go ahead. You know, I, I should point out that that economic evidence that somehow there will be all this, you know, economic benefit to the local community if the mine goes ahead, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people dispute that evidence <clears throat> and I'm sure your listeners would be well aware that, you know, 
you know, the idea that coal mining actually delivers economic benefits um, on, in a long-term kind of way is, you know, is really disputed. So this is an important constitutional test case under the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Heritage Protection Act. Can you talk about why that is? Yes. So, uh, so if we are successful in this case, uh, it would mean that for um, future decisions made under this legislation, that it would not be possible for the minister to take an approach where the minister can weigh up uh, something like the cultural heritage of the site against against general impacts, against general considerations. Um, so yes, look, we we are um, we we believe that if we are successful in in this in this case, that that will have ramifications for how the act, but this particular act, uh, is approached by um, by the minister in the future. And so, what is the takeaway message here? It's one thing to have all the attention on the federal legislation, but Dolly's really been forced into this position because the state laws failed the Gomorrah people. And while the focus of attention from a litigation perspective is on the federal legislation and what the federal minister did and didn't do, actually there is another story in all of this, which is a coal mine was allowed to be approved, which is going to blast up Mount Watermark, the site of significant cultural heritage to the Gomorrah people, and that that is allowed to happen at a state level. You know, we have, we have state laws that do not work um, in terms of protecting cultural heritage for Aboriginal people. That is the case across the country. There is no, there is no state or territory in Australia where the cultural heritage laws truly protect cultural heritage uh, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. That was Rana Koroglu, the New South Wales Environmental Defenders Office Special Counsel representing Dolly Talbot on behalf of the Gomorrah people. And given this is a Gomorrah story, I'm going to give the final word to Dolly. So Dolly, for people who have been moved by your story and want to support you and the Gomorrah people in protecting your sacred sites, what can they do? Well, I, I suppose they could write to the, um, the Environment Minister and flood her with letters of support for us in saving those sites. Could probably be a good start at the moment. And we're just waiting for a decision from the courts to see how that all goes. You know, I'm not confident. EDO solicitors done a good job I and mean, we're very grateful to them for taking this on in the first place. I think it's pretty hard to think that we might win, but what do you do? You just got to keep on going, don't you? So other than just flooding the minister with, with some letters of support, I don't know whether there's much more that can be done. You've been listening to Earth Matters, Community Radio's national environmental and social justice program. I'm Megan Williams. If you've missed any of today's show, you can listen back at 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters. And you can find our podcast on any podcasting service. And while you're there, 
why not rate, review and subscribe to Earth Matters? We'd love your feedback and it helps us get the word out. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support and the Community Radio Network for getting the program out to you. Earth Matters is produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri Country and if you'd like to get in touch, you can email earthmatters3cr at gmail.com and go to our Facebook page. Today's song was Indigenous Land by Dreaming Now. See you next time for more Earth Matters. Everywhere we walk upon in this world, one indigenous group or another has once lived there before for thousands and thousands of years. One of the most intricate and respectful ways to inhabit that place. We need to remember that. You're on indigenous land. Original clans, since beginning of man, countless years out on this land, living so grand, aligned to commands, intrinsic alarm, never disband, 60,000 plus, following law before this sight of hand, through the seasons and sacred plants, injured storms for many last spans, from the desert down to the clay pan, tropics and mountaintops, from to no chance, sanctified beaches, no equivalent, swept with the tide, deeply advanced, warriors pose so poised in a stance, out of wisdom, truth never by chance, sorcerers elixirs and trance in a dance, standing in love across every expanse, message to blind, it's in a hands, reflects from beauty from all that expands, infused with the magic, majestic and grand, murder your mind, thought of cool land, no more body, call it the band, Koko Yalanji Bangarang, Young Yo Pai Mirana Brungam, Yota Yota, Munwarang, where is it you stand, man? Whose land you standing on? Know the history, know the facts, this indigenous land that you are on. Indigenous land is where you stand. Indigenous land is where you be. Indigenous land, it always was. Indigenous land, always will be. Indigenous land is where you stand. Indigenous land is where you be. Indigenous land, it always was. Indigenous land, always will be. Lest we forget the frontier wars and the genocide blueprint that does live on. Deaths in custody is seized, not more prolific than ever forced by big ghosts. Still, they gallivant and they robust. Children again and again stole on in the blink of an eye. They go with us and then they are gone. We still amid so these storms, 230 years on. Village in school, culture ignored. Fictions in city is adorned. All of our sacredness shaken and sworn. All the while on indigenous land. We are living out that lies upon. Does your mind realize the song? As they're posting subliminal dawns. From ancestors on the rise on. <laughs> to do not belong A perpetual cycle of wrongs It's been glorious We will time bomb But yeah, all of our kingdoms Still here, still live on We still countless original Limitless indigenous nations To no broken chain of law Ancestors law They given us more Endlessly, they given us more From the desert to the shore They delivering law They sing the law For forevermore Indigenous land is where you stand. Indigenous land is where you be. Indigenous land, it always was. Indigenous land, always will be. Indigenous land is where you stand. Indigenous land is where you be. Indigenous land, it always was. Indigenous land, always will be. Indigenous land,